What's up, recovery fans? I'm your host, Rodney, and you're listening to Vicious Cycle Recovery Club. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Welcome to Vicious Cycle Recovery Club. My name is Rodney. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the family afterwards, the family during, the family before, struggles with drug addiction and being harmfully involved with substances. I did have different plans for this episode, but seeing as there is an issue inside of my own family, I figured I would share that experience today, a little bit about what happened and what could happen in the future to your family members even. I'm going to record this on the fly. Three, two, one. Okay, I had an idea for a podcast, and the idea was to share with others and talk with others about being harmfully involved or addicted to substances if they're still involved uh, what that's how that's working out for them whether they've stopped or continued uh, what things they've done in the past uh, what they're hoping to get out of this and right now it's just a, a lot of rambling I had a better idea, I thought, for this podcast, for this episode. And universe is throwing me a curveball. We're going to be changing up the topic. Today, we're going to talk about folks in our families that are still harmfully involved or addicted with substances. I say in our family, specifically my family. I have a member of my family that is harmfully involved and uh, identifies herself as an addict. And alcoholic. So those are the terms that I'll be using in this podcast. We haven't heard or seen her in approximately two weeks. We've done welfare checks at her home. Uh, I've contacted friends in the city that she is in and they've stopped by, left cards, left their phone numbers, checked a few times, you know, knocked on the door. Uh, thinking back to myself when I knew that I was in the throes and people were reaching out, I was really, really shy. I would do the same thing. I wouldn't answer the door. I wasn't calling anyone, thinking that nobody knows. Nobody knows what I'm doing. It's ridiculous. How could they? I'm just, I'm, uh, I'll tell them I was out of town. Uh, I was uh, just, my phone wasn't working. Anything, any sort of lie that I could think of. So enough about me. This uh, family member, she has been dealt a pretty tough hand in my opinion i i've watched her over the years uh, come in and out of sanity i don't know if i want to use that word Uh, come in and out of that grasp that grip that addiction can have and the one thing or one of the things that i've learned from this is abstinence i i can't praise that enough that's what was shown me and hundreds of others like me um yeah that was the only way for me to fully uh, recover you know get recovered from the hopeless state that i was in the issue that i find with my sister is the healthcare system providing uh, 
methadone to someone who is involved with or was involved with um, illicit street drugs, heroin, crack, opioids, those kind of things. Um, according to her um, comments and our witnessing it, our family, she has been on a methadone treatment plan for close to 15 years, which is upsetting to me. I don't understand a medical system that allows someone or, or promotes that uh, system. On one side, I get it. It's a, There's the financial side of it, absolutely. Each time that a person shows up to pick up their prescription, that facility gets paid from the government. And that person is thought to be on the road to, to better things. What I've found is it just kind of switches things up. I've noticed that she would go from the illicit substances and those, those, those that are involved with that. I can't say on which day she was using which substance. I have seen her uh, myself, you know, the nods, um, the, the needing money constantly, uh, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, and uh, basically doing what I used to do. And I don't see the methadone maintenance program. It's not, it's not working the way it's intended to currently. I mean, someone of her size, and she's sitting at 250, what do they call it, milligrams, micrograms? Uh, and then drops down to 225 for the next few years. Ugh, very frustrating for me. And I bet if it's that frustrating for me, I cannot imagine how frustrating it must be for someone who knows the pain of withdrawal and knows the struggle of going through that with, with, with no relief in sight until it's all out of their system. Two weeks. I watched for two weeks uh, as, as the uh, shivers and the fever and the, and the crying and, and the throwing up and that withdrawal and a cold turkey. And at the end of that, she went to a doctor and the doctor's said probably you know what I'm going to put you on this methadone and no one held a gun to her head and at the time okay well I, I wasn't a fan of it but I didn't understand it enough and I had didn't have enough knowledge myself to, to to object with any authority I'm obviously not a doctor and she started this and then what happens now uh, is she's too afraid Afraid. This is her telling me, I'm too afraid because of the withdrawals. So even though the, the methadone has, quote, replaced, unquote, the illicit substance, the fear of coming off that methadone is still strong. And recently, within the last couple of years, uh, as it does happen over any period of time, it does not get better. It just gets worse. So with that substance still being you, the methadone, then uh, the thinking is, well, this is good, but it could be better. And uh, 
she has self-admitted uh, that she's used the methadone um, and of course gone back to the H as we call it, heroin whatever you want to call it, dope down uh, any of those things and uh, added uh, the uh, spicy flavor of crack to the mix so we've got a person my sister who is on a uh, program of with methadone who has taken it up a notch and has not been heard from now in two weeks uh, there's a lot of fear um, a lot of anxiety and that's that ripple effect um, the person doing the drugs the person involved in that situation can't really see outside of that bubble uh, I me I was that person I did not realize the effects caused when a when I was that pebble dropping in the water and those ripple effects come out it's it's had a pretty rough impact on my sister obviously number one number two uh, it's had a very rough effect on her family as in her children uh, number three it's had a pretty rough time uh, added to my my mom's life to our aunts and uncles' lives, to uh, nieces, nephews, cousins, and friends. Uh, they, they reach out, uh, we reach out, and the thinking is, well, I mean, we've tried to reach her, and, and, and she's done treatment, and, well, what's, what's going on? I thought she was doing well. Um, if we have to ask that question then we're really not there for her. We're really not uh, paying attention. And on that note, I'm going to move on to today. As of today, I have not heard from her. A couple of my friends have not heard from her today. There was a gentleman, and forget this, there's an ex that is in her home that answered the door once when my mom was there said he has no idea where my sister is and he's just there to look after the cat his thinking is that my sister is just out roaming the streets doing doing what us uh, addicts do when we want to escape that pain that depression um I, i'm not sure what else to say about that situation this is more a podcast just reaching out and sharing what's going on in my life and what I'm going to do about it today for me. All I can do today is pray. I just pray for healthy thinking and pray for thoughtful thinking and kindness in my actions and do what I can. Do what I did yesterday that made it possible for me to be here today drug-free, alcohol-free, able to record a podcast and share a little tiny smidget of my life. In future, with the podcasts, I'm hoping to, or I will be touching base with other folks that have gone through similar situations. We're not as unique as we think we are, and that was a tough one to struggle with. We've shared a lot of the same experiences, a lot of the same strength, a lot of the same hope. We're going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about healing the addicted brain. We're going to talk about treatment centers, recovery, 12-step programs, church. We'll talk about whatever you found that helped shift your soul in the right direction. With closing, I would like to ask anyone out there if they could just send a positive vibe out my sister's way. Um, that would be fantastic and it would be very appreciated. So with that, I'm going to close out the first episode of Vicious Cycle Recovery Club. Let's try and break that cycle in the future, shall we? Thank you very much for stopping by.